office and the power, you know the power of God will come on you preaching in front of that camera there in the office just like it does in here, I tell you what, because the anointing's on the word, you know. And so, uh, but I tell you, as good as, as, good as that, that, that camera is and reaching people, you know, and all that, there's nothing like coming together and assembling together. You get something about, be it, you get something with coming together that you just can't get any other way, okay? So it's important, you know, so sometimes folks might say, well, I'm going to just stay home and watch it, and, and okay, but there's just, you know, uh, there, the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There's something happens when you get together, that power of agreement goes into operation, you get encouraged by the saints being around one another. It's just good to get together, okay? So, so let's always keep that in our forefront of our thinking. But in Deuteronomy chapter 30, in verse 19, and I'm going to use at least today, and we'll see as we go, mostly the King James Version. Uh, uh, Diane hid my King, King James Version years ago because it has all the these, the thous, and the thuses, and she said use the King James Version, so that's what I usually use. But I like the way these verses read in the King James Version on the blessing of the Lord, so it'll be up on the screen, but... Uh, the book of Deuteronomy, you know Jesus quoted from the book of Deuteronomy a whole lot in his earthly ministry. I think the book of Psalms was the only book he quoted from more than the book of Deuteronomy. But you see the blessing of the Lord all through the Bible, not just in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. Actually, it's greater in the New Testament than it is in the Old, actually, because we live under better uh, covenant, under better promises here in the New, New Testament, you know, New Covenant, you see. But uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, Moses is speaking... And, he, and he's speaking to the children of Israel. And this is shortly before he, he uh, died, just, just shortly before the end of Moses' life. He said, I call heaven, and actually he's speaking on behalf of God. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And so we need to understand that, that before, not only before the Israelites, but this is true for you and me, God has set before each of us, Two things, blessing and cursing. Now, this series is going to be about the blessing of the Lord, but here's something you'll find as you study about the blessing of the Lord all throughout the Bible is that there's something that runs parallel to the blessing of the Lord, and it's the curse, okay? So, so you know, uh, a lot of folks don't want to talk about the curse, but but you don't really understand how great the blessing is unless you understand something about the curse, okay? So we'll have to talk some about the curse because the, the blessing of the Lord runs parallel with the curse, okay? And so you need to understand that. And so uh, here he says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Well, I would associate with blessing life and with cursing death, okay? So there's, you know, I'm going to give you a definition here in a moment, but blessing is life and cursing is death, okay? And then uh, Moses, the Lord here, you know, he's speaking on behalf of the Lord, gives us a helpful hint. He says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, and then he gives us a helpful hint. He says, therefore what? Choose life. That, so we have a choice. We have a choice. Which are we going to walk in? Are we going to walk in the blessing? Are we going to walk in curse. Are we going to walk in life or are we going to walk in death? And God tells us, he says, he says hey, I'll, I'll, here's the question. I'm going to give you the answer. He says, choose life that both thou and thy seed, you and your seed, your descendants may live. Okay? And so uh, uh, we need to realize that before all of us, there's been set 
uh, life and death, blessing and cursing, and it's up to us which one we're going to walk in, okay? Now, um, you, you need to realize, and I've already alluded to this, but I want to say it again, blessing and cursing are actually the main themes of the entire Bible. Blessing and cursing are actually the main themes of the entire Bible. As you start in Genesis and you go all the way through to the book of Revelation, you see these two themes running side by side, parallel with one another, the the blessing of the Lord and then the curse. The blessing of the Lord and then the curse. Now, blessing, I've already said blessing is life and cursing is death, but blessing, if I was going to give you a definition, and there's many you can find, but I looked through all the different study materials that that I could find, and here's a blessing, okay? It's a declaration of well-being. A declaration of well-being, or it means this, to speak well of, to speak well of. Also, and I like this one maybe the best, uh, the blessing, it's an empowerment to prosper. Empowerment to prosper in every area of your life. Spirit, soul, body, your family, materially, socially. It's not just money and possessions, that's part of it, okay? But it's, 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 it's an empowerment to prosper in every area of your life. Blessing also means divine favor, divine favor or the favor of God. And in short, here's a good definition, blessing is good. Blessing is good. Now, is that an easy one to remember? Blessing is good. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of curse or cursing. It's the opposite of blessing, okay? Just the opposite of blessing. And, and, and so, uh, uh, here's, here's a good definition for cursing. If blessing is good, then cursing is what? Yeah. Pretty simple, all right? It's up to us which one we're going to walk in. Now, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26... Uh, Moses, again, makes a similar statement. He says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. See, it's, it's a theme throughout the whole Bible. He said, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. And then notice here, he says, A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. So it's pretty simple, isn't it? Obedience to God draws blessing, and disobedience to God, which is sin, draws a curse. Okay? I'll say it again. Obedience to God, obedience to His Word, draws the blessing, okay? Draws life, okay? Draws prosperity, okay? But disobedience or sin draws the curse and draws death. The wages of sin is what? It's death, okay? So, you you need to realize that. And uh, actually, as, as I, I did a little study on this, I went to my Bible program and I looked up, because uh, it, it does the calculations for you, I didn't actually go count all these up myself, but I, my computer program did it. But if you look up all the bi- uh, verses in the Bible that have to do with blessing, bless, blessed, blessing, and then you look up all the verses that have to do with curse or cursed or cursing, you look those up, there's three, approximately three times more on blessing than there is on curse. So that's good to know. God wants us blessed, obviously, 
He doesn't want us cursed. So there's th- about three times, not exactly, but about three times more on blessing than there is on, on, uh, on, on cursing. But, that, but just because that's, that's the case doesn't mean that the curse isn't out there. The curse is out there, okay? And, uh, and, and let me just say this. A lot of times when you, when you talk about blessing, say, people think, well, say the blessing over the meal. Right over your food. Now, 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 you need to say the blessing over your your meal and, and all of that, uh, and, and it's good to do that. I forgot to pray over my food one time, and and uh, one of my young assistants years ago said, "Say, oh, you forgot to pray over your food." And there's actually I can show you from the Bible if you serve the Lord, if you serve the Lord, your food's covered, even if you forget to bless it. <laughs> you need to understand that. But when you say blessing, a lot of times people, they just think of praying over the food. Well, that's part of it. Nothing wrong with praying over the food. I believe you ought to do that. Jesus, he, he, he blessed the bread, didn't he? And so forth before it was distributed to the multitude. So, yes, we pray over our food. But there's far more to this blessing of the Lord than just praying over your food, okay? And there's far more like when you say curse. A lot of times people think you're talking about cussing. And that's part of it. And it's, it's wrong to cuss and use profanity. But this, this, this subject that we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks is far more to it than, than the curse than just saying some bad words, okay? You need to realize that. There's the blessing of the Lord and then there's the curse. And who is it up to which we walk in? It's up to us, all right? Now, let's go back to the book of Genesis and let's look at God's original intent. God's original intent. Let's look at his original intent. Uh, if you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you go to verse 22, actually he's talking about the animal kingdom here as he created the animals and all of that. And in verse 22, notice what the Bible says. It says, and God blessed them. Now this is talking about the animal kingdom. He blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters, the seas, let the fowl multiply in the earth, so on and so forth. He's talking here about the, the, the animal kingdom and, uh, uh, and, and he blessed them, you see. He blessed them. And then if you look at verse 26, and God said, let us, now let us, a lot of times that throws people off, you know, let us, that's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, okay? So let us make man in our image after our likeness, this is verse 26, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and notice verse 28, and God what? He, he, he blessed them, he blessed them. He empowered them to prosper. He, he, he spoke something good about them. You know, he, he, he made the statement that it, I don't think I have it here in my notes, but you can read it in the book of Genesis. He, he, says, he says it's very good. It's very good. Blessing, the blessing of the Lord is very good when he created man. He said this is very good. And he blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So you see that God's initial intent for creation is that it be blessed, that it be empowered to prosper, that it be fruitful, 
and multiply. See, that's a definition of blessing that you could also say being fruitful and multiplying, okay? But now, of course, what did we just say a moment ago? That obedience draws the blessing of God, disobedience draws the curse. And of course, you know the story as well as I how uh, Satan, the devil came into the garden, the, the serpent cooperated with him, they, they tempted, you know, tempted Eve and, 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 and she was deceived and sinned and then gave the fruit to Adam and, and he wasn't deceived but, and he sinned and all of that. And what does sin draw? It draws a what? It draws a curse. And in Genesis 3.14, after this happened, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, thou art what? Thou art cursed. Now I know here that, that he, he cursed the serpent, but you also need to realize that, that when Adam and Eve sinned, it, it introduced or it allowed the curse into the earth and into their lives, and it affected the animal kingdom as well. You need to realize the animal kingdom, by and large, a lot of it. I mean, like, have you ever watched National Geographic? And you see, you see a lion going after a zebra, and you feel bad for that zebra, don't you, when the lion gets done with the zebra? But you need to realize God didn't, in his original creation, he never intended for the lion to eat the zebra. The Bible says, and you can see it in the millennium when things go back to like they're supposed to, like they were in the Garden of Eden, you know, that the lion eats straw. Now, you know as well as I do, a lion now doesn't eat straw. They want to eat the zebra. Is that right? But so you see this, this curse that affected the animal kingdom. It affected the earth. It affected man. And because we're descendants of Adam and Eve, it affects us, you see. And so, but the, he says, Thou art cursed, above the, verse 14, above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go. Dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, he was talking to the serpent there. But see, the curse will cause not only the serpent... But anybody to eat dust. A curse is a bad thing. And then he says, he says, verse 15, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It'll bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Well, he's talking here about the virgin birth. Much we could say about it. But verse 16, because see, they sinned, and now there's a curse. And unto the woman he said, I'll greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he'll rule over thee and unto Adam he said because you've hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it look at that cursed is the ground for thy sake see this disobedience when they disobeyed God and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil which God told them not to eat of it he warned them not to do it. They did it anyway. And what did it do? It, it drew a curse. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are and dust you'll return. You see death entered in, didn't it? Death entered in. See, disobedience, disobedience, when Adam and Eve sinned, they drew the curse. They introduced the curse into the earth. They introduced death into the earth. Death is not the will of God for anybody. Death is an enemy. And, 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 and it, was, it was never God's intention for anybody to ever die. But he warned them. He said, he said, of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof, you'll surely what? You'll surely die. It drew a curse, didn't it? it drew a curse. And, uh, and, and again, 
you see this curse then, you see the blessing in the Garden of Eden, and you see the blessing, you do see the blessing of the Lord running through the Bible, but you also see this concept of curse. And actually, the curse runs all the way, just like the blessing, the curse runs all the way to, to, the, to the book of Revelation. If you look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, but there's good, some good news here. The curse and the blessing run all the way down to the uh, uh, book of Revelation, last book in the Bible, and after the millennium, notice verse 3. So, there's some good news here. Eventually, what does the Bible say in verse 3? And there shall what? Be no more curse. So you see, there's going to come a day on out in our future where the curse will end, but the blessing of God will continue forever. Can anybody say amen to that? That's good to know, isn't it? The curse will eventually end, but, but the blessing of God will continue forever. Now, if you go to Genesis, the ninth chapter, boy, we went all the way from Genesis to Revelation, now back to Genesis. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve sinned and introduced the curse, and and. That curse, another definition of curse that you could write down if you're taking notes, it means, it means to twist, to become twisted, to become twisted or tangled. Have you ever had a, 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 a like, like Diane shaves my hair and she, we've got two razors, one for the, she does it. And, and, and see, we put those razors. They got they've got the cords, you know, that you plug in. We put them in the in the in the in the box, and we take them out the next week. And the the cords get tangled. Have you ever had cords get tangled? Have you ever had garden hoses get tangled? Now that's an ugly thing, isn't it? And sometimes, no matter how nice we put those things to. Like I know Dale will tell you, we get the hoses out in the spring and put them up in the winter. In the winter, we try to put them so nice, you know. But something, I, something happens over the winter. I don't know what it is, but we go to get those hoses out. <laughs> I mean, they're all tangled up and twisted and gnarled and knotted. Well, that's a good example of what the curse is. It's a gnarly, knotty, twisted, tangled, tangled thing. And so Adam and Eve sinned, and the curse came in, and over the generations... Uh, people became twisted and tangled because of that curse and they got the sin multiplied and got worse and worse and worse worse, and God flooded the place. Didn't he flood the place? You know what I mean? He flooded the whole earth, right? And he saved, who did he save? He saved Noah and his family. And notice right after Noah and his family come out of the ark, I think this is Genesis 9 verse 9, I think, or is it verse 1? It's verse 1, okay. All right, I had it wrong in my notes. It's verse 1. And notice right after... So what did God say to Adam and Eve? He said... He said... Uh, he, he declared what? He, he, he blessed them, didn't he? And now, you see God... Did, did his intent change? When, now, Noah comes out of the ark and his family. And, and what does it say? And God what? Bless Noah and his sons. And said to them what? Be... Fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. There's a blessing of the Lord. It didn't change. God didn't change. And His will for you and me is still be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. 
Be fruitful, be multiply. multiply. That, and that doesn't just mean, now he's talking there about replenishing the earth with human beings, certainly. But it, it means in every area of your life. Not just in having children, that's part of it, all right. That's what he's mainly talking about there. But not just in that, but what? Be fruitful and multiply. See, when you're walking in the blessing of the Lord, there'll be a fruitfulness about you. There'll be a multiplication about you, you know. See, uh, uh, the blessing, the blessing adds and multiplies, the curse subtracts and divides. Now, I didn't say that yesterday when I was teaching to the camera, so that's something you got that they didn't get. But that's good, isn't it? So the, the blessing adds and multiplies, and the curse does what? Subtracts and divides. Subtracts and divides. See, all this division in our nation right now. It's what? It's subtracting and dividing. It's divide. You know what I mean? But you can also see the will of the Lord. He wants to bless, doesn't he? So much we could say about that. But, uh, and, and, and I'm not going to go through all of what happened here for the sake of time. But if you look at Genesis 9.25, because one of, after the flood and after God proclaimed the blessing, and I'm just going to this verse to show you something. That, that, that something happened to Noah and there's much speculation on what it actually was but I'm not going to get into that right now I could but I'm not going to but I just want you to see this I want you to see in verse 25 Genesis 9, 25 and he said what did he say? he said cursed be Canaan now the only reason I went to that verse is I don't want to get sidetracked with, with the explanation of why he cursed him I could but I'm not going to I just want you to see that after the flood, there's still the blessing, but there's also still the what? There's the curse. And that blessing and curse runs throughout the entirety of the Bible, I'm telling you. And what has God set before us even this day? He set before us what? He set before us what? He set life and death, blessing and cursing, and we're supposed to do what? We're supposed to choose life. Okay? It's up to us, isn't it, what we walk in. Now, uh, go to Proverbs 10.22. This is, a, this is probably going to be the keynote verse of this series. The keynote verse of this series. Proverbs 10.22. This would probably be our golden text right here. Usually I open with the golden text. You know what I mean, the main one, but I give it to you here on page three of my notes. <laughs> The blessing of the Lord, what's this series about? The blessing of the Lord. What does it do? It what? It, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow. God adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Now that word rich, it means really an abundant supply. And I, as I've already said... The blessing of the Lord will will cause an abundant supply in every area of your life. If you're walking in in, in line with the Word of God, if you've cho- if you've chosen life, you've chosen blessing. How do you choose that by making a decision to walk in line with the Word of God? Then what will happen? The blessing of the Lord will come on you, 
and it'll make you rich, not just in money. That's really the least of it. It makes you rich in every area of your life. There's an abundant supply in every area of your life. And, uh, and there'll be no sorrow added with it. Now, you, how many of you would agree with me? There's people that have a billion dollars in the bank, but they're sick in their body. They've got terminal cancer. Are they rich? No. How many of you would agree with me that there's people that have millions and millions and millions of dollars in this land right now, but they're not born again? They don't know Jesus? Are they rich? No, they're on their way to hell. You can't get any more broke than that, even if you have $10 billion in the bank. Is that right? So this blessing of the Lord has far more to do with money. Money's a part of it. Now, don't misunderstand me. You do need money to operate in this earth, don't you? I mean, does anybody remember what Jimmy Stewart told Clarence on It's a Wonderful Life? Remember, Clarence said to Jimmy Stewart, we don't use money in heaven. And Jimmy Stewart said, well, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. <laughs> I like what Lee Trevino, the golfer, said. He said, I've been... He said, I've been broken, I've been rich. And he said, being rich is a whole lot better. God wants you to have money. How, how many times have I said this over the years? He just doesn't want money to have you. Is that right? You know how you know if money has you? You, you find out very quickly. When God tells you to release it, you can't do it. Isn't that what he told the rich young ruler? God, Jesus, who is God, told him to release his money. He couldn't do it. That man didn't have money. Money had him. But the blessing of the Lord will make you rich. Abundant supply in every area of your life, including money. Let me read from my notes here. One is not rich because they have money and great possessions, but rather one is rich because they have God. And let me say this. A truly rich man is a humble man. And a humble man enjoys money and possessions, but does not emphasize them. Did you get what I just said? Do you need me to say it again? One is not rich because they have money and great possessions, but rather one is rich because they have God. A truly rich man is a humble man. A humble man enjoys money and possessions, but does not emphasize them. Now let's go to Genesis 12. And let's, uh, in the time I have left, I want to talk to you about the blessing of Abraham and then, and then we'll, 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 we'll pick up next week with some other, other material on this. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, now remember his name started out as Abram. He was a heathen. You know what I mean when I say heathen? He was a sinner on his way to hell and God called him. And got in covenant with him. We taught you that when we talked about covenant. Changed his name to Abraham and all of that. And he said to him, he said, Get out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto land that I'll show thee. And I'll make of thee a great nation and I will what? I'll bless thee there. See, he said, I'm going to put my blessing on you, Abraham. Okay. And make thy name great and thou shalt be a... Blessing. Don't ever forget this. Here's the reason that God blesses you. And here's the reason that he blesses me. 
is not just so we can be blessed, but it's so we can be a what? A blessing. Now, if you're really, truly going to be rich, you got to understand that right there. That God, when I say rich, am I talking just about money? Talking about spirit, soul, body, the whole, the whole works. But, but he blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And then in verse 3, he says, And I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Now he's talking about Abraham, his descendants, talking about the Jews. He's also talking about you and me. If we're born again, he's talking about the spiritual Jews. You become a spiritual Jew when you get saved. We need to understand that when the blessing of the Lord rests on us, if people curse us, God will curse them. You see how the blessing and the curse run parallel? See, if somebody curses you, you don't need to curse them back. They've enacted a spiritual principle. If, somebody, if you're saved, you know Jesus, and somebody curses you, you don't have to curse them back. Uh, they've enacted a spiritual principle against themselves. If somebody curses you, guess what's going to happen? God will what? So you need to pray for them that they repent. Is that right? But we're talking about the blessing of the Lord here. And then he says, and in thee all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now he's talking about Jesus right there because, of course, Jesus, after the flesh, you know, Jesus was 100% God, also 100% human. After the flesh, he, he was a descendant, you know, after the flesh. You know what I mean when I say after the flesh? Jesus' human part came out of Abraham. And so he lists the blessing of Abraham here. Now, it's actually more than this, but that's, this, is a, this is the bulk of it right here. God blessed him. He made his name great. He made him to, to, to be a blessing. He said, I'll bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee, and, and in thee all the families of the earth will be blessed. And, uh, and notice, if you would, now look at Genesis 13, verse 1, because I want you to see this. So Abraham was... See, when God... Uh, uh, blessed him, before God blessed him, he was childless, right? And Sarah was barren, is that right? I didn't say this yesterday while I was teaching this, but I need to say it here. Was he childless? Yeah. Was she barren? What did the blessing of the Lord do for Abraham and Sarah? The blessing of the Lord caused them to become what? Fruitful and multiply. And now he's got so many descendants, there is the sand of the sea. And not only natural descendants, but spiritual descendants is the stars of the, of the sky. See what the blessing of the Lord will do. The nat- sand of the sea has to do with his natural descendants, stars of the sky has to do with his spiritual descendants, you see. But you see what the blessing of the Lord does. It makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it, you see. And notice in uh, Genesis 13, verse 1, And Abram, or Abraham, went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him, into the south. And notice verse 2, And Abram was what? Very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So is there a financial part to this blessing of the Lord? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? We just don't, I don't think we ought to emphasize that. And put that up first. I think we ought, to, we ought to emphasize other things besides money. Can you say amen? 
but money is a part of it, you see. And what did Clarence, uh, what did Jimmy Stewart tell Clarence? It comes in what? Pretty handy down here, bub. Is that right? You got to have it to operate. You just do. And, and actually, the, and you can read on here for the sake of time, I won't, but I mean, Abraham and Lot, they, there was so much, his nephew Lot, they had so much, the blessing of the Lord, they had so much they had to part company. Is that right? Because the land couldn't bear uh, uh, the, the prosperity that was on him. See what the, what, the, what the blessing of the Lord will do. Now, in the time I have left, I'm going to close with this. We talked about the blessing of Abraham. I want you to go to Galatians chapter 3 and look at verse 13 and 14. Many of you are familiar with this, but it fits right in here. Some powerful things now I think I'm going to share. Christ has redeemed or set us free from what? The curse of the law. Praise God to that. Now watch this. Being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a what? On a tree. So when Jesus was crucified on the cross, I mean, he hung there as a lamb of God. But what happened at high noon? You know, he hung there as a lamb of God, taking away the sin of the world from nine until noon. He's hanging there, but at high noon, darkness comes over the land, which is symbolic of the, sub- of the judgment of God. And eventually he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The cry of a cursed individual. If you're forsaken by God, you're cursed, aren't you? That, is that right? Jesus made that cry from the cross, didn't he? Among other things. What happened? At some point on that cross, he became a what? The Bible said it right there. And, and it says, Christ redeemed or set us free from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why? That the what? The blessing of Abraham. See how curse and blessing run parallel? Uh, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So you see, when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the curse in your life stops and the blessing of God, the blessing of Abraham comes on you. Can anybody say amen to that? That's a good deal right there. You're going to miss hell. You're going to make heaven. (laughs) Glory to God. And then you're going to be fruitful and you're going to multiply if you'll walk according to the word of God and choose to walk in it and choose life. Can you say amen to that? Now, he redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. But I want you to remember, let's read it again. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone that what? Hangs on a tree or on the cross. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's you and me, you know. Through Jesus Christ and so forth. Now, and, and, and receive the promise of spirit through faith. Now, Look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 11. I want to talk to you as I close about two mountains. Two mountains. The mountain of blessing and the mountain of cursing. And we'll close with this. The mountain of blessing and the mountain of cursing. Deuteronomy 11 verse 29. Back to Moses. Back to the Israelites. And he says, It'll come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee 
in unto the land whether thou goest to possess it. Now he's talking to the children of Israel. He says Moses is going to be dying soon and Joshua is going to lead him into the promised land. And he says to them, when you get in there, that thou shalt put a blessing upon Mount Gerizim and a curse upon Mount Ebal. So there are two mountains. One was Gerizim and one was Ebal. One was a mount of blessing and the other was a mount of cursing. The blessing was on Mount Gerizim and the cursing was on Mount Ebal. Okay? Now Moses instructed the people that when they finally entered the promised land, they were to pronounce blessings at Mount Gerizim and cursings at Mount Ebal. So I already told you that. Now here's what happened. These two mountains, they were side by side, parallel with one another. One a blessing, one a cursing. The priests, the Levites, they went into the valley between the two mountains. Okay? And you had six of the tribes of Israel on one mountain and six of the tribes of Israel. There were 12 total. So six on one mountain, six on the other. Now listen to this. There was about two million people on each mountain. Now that's a lot of people. Two million people on each mountain. And the Levites were in the valley. And they would call out from the word of God. And you can read them in Deuteronomy 27 and Deuteronomy 28 if you want to take the time. And they would call out a a series of blessings and a series of cursings. Okay, In the valley they'd call out the blessings and they'd call out the cursings. The people on Mount Gerizim, which was the Mount of Blessing... When the priests would read out the blessings, the people on Mount Gerizim, two million people would say, Amen. And then when the priests read out the cursings, the people on Mount Ebal, they would say, Amen. Okay, you understand that. One was a mount of blessing, the other was a mount of cursing. And actually, tradition, as you study into it, says that Mount Gerizim, the mount of blessing, was a fertile mountain. It was lush, it had greenery, it was beautiful. But guess what? Mount Ebal, just across from it, was the mount of cursing, and it was that of bleak, barren rock. You know, God will paint pictures for us. And that's what he did in the Old Testament. He painted a lot of pictures for us. And they're called types. Old Testament types. Pictures of, of, of things that actually came to pass in the New Testament. So do you get the picture now? You've got these two mountains. One's a mountain of blessing. The other's a mountain of cursing. You've got the Levites, the priests in the valley. They're reading out the, the blessings. They're reading out the curses. When they read out the blessings, those on Gerizim, the mount of blessing, they said what? What did they say? They said, Amen. And when they'd read out the cursings, those over on Ebal, they, then they would what? They would say, Amen. Can you picture two million people saying Amen to thunder? like thunder rolling through the valley. And you know what? As you study into it, Joshua, he had everybody out there. There was everybody, half of, half of them over here, half of them over there. It says even the little children had to be there. God wanted everybody to know what the blessings were, what the cursings were. Uh, God set before them life and death, blessing and cursing and all of that. But can you picture this scene with those priests in the valley and this thunderous amens, blessing and cursing, these two mountains. Are you with me? Now, it's interesting, as you look at this, this didn't happen until after the Israelites ultimately were victorious at Ai. Do you remember they went into Jericho? Remember that, the first city? And they had a great victory, didn't they? And all the treasury was supposed to go in to the, to the treasury of the Lord. All the spoil, you know what I mean when I say spoil, you know, of Jericho was supposed to go into the treasury of the Lord. 
And remember, there was a man named Achan, and he took some of that for himself. Remember that? And he hid it in his tent. And then they went up, the Israelites went up against this little city of Ai, and they were defeated, right? And Joshua's seeking the Lord, what went wrong? How come we could beat that big city, but we can't beat this little Ai? And God showed him what had happened and said that Achan had went in there and took from Jericho, and it says he took some of the accursed things. Now, while we're on it, blessing and cursing, that, that, that what Achan took it represents the tithe, represents the first fruits of the tithe, if you will. And, and, and did you know it, it called it, it the tithe, it called it the accursed things. Did you know that the tithe is blessed, is marked as a blessing or a curse? Did you know that? I said the tithe is marked as a blessing or a curse. Right? If you, if you, it, you know, I, I tell you what, if you don't give God what is His, the devil's going to get what's yours. I'd rather have a blessed 90% than a cursed 100, wouldn't you? But Achan, he took, the, he took of that and it called it the accursed things. And, 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 and then they couldn't stand before their enemy at Ai. So once they got that figured out and God showed Joshua that Achan, what Achan had done, and they got, it cost Achan, didn't it? I think it cost him his life, didn't it? I think his family too. It was, it was, be that as it may. So, so once they get that figured out, then they go to Ai. They have this great victory. Okay, they have this great victory at Ai. And now they're going to have this scene that I just gave you because now they've moved into the promised land and now they're going to have this scene of Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Are you with me? Priests in the valley. Are you ready? You're with me. Now notice Joshua 8 verse 29. God gives us another picture here. It's very interesting. Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing. Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing. They just came through Ai. They finally got the victory there. And now they've got this great scene in the valley, these mountains. But before they have this scene of saying amen from one side and amen from the other, Joshua 8 verse 29, they bring the king of Ai. He was a wicked king. And they bring him to Joshua and the king of Ai, Joshua 8 29, the king of Ai, he hung on a tree. Now notice that he hung on a what? What did we just read in Galatians? Cursed is everyone that what? Did Jesus hang on the tree? Was he made a curse? This is a picture here. Now watch this. This is a picture. And the king of Ai, he hung on a tree till eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree, cast it at the entering of the gate of the city, and raise thereupon great heaps of stones that remaineth unto this day. Okay, so, so you got this wicked king is hung on his tree. He dies there and, and so forth. And then Joshua, watch this, he goes and he builds, these are pictures now that God's given us, he goes and he builds this altar unto the Lord uh, God of Israel. Notice he didn't build it on Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing. He built this, this, this uh, altar on the Mount Ebal, which was the Mount of Cursing. Do you, do you see that? You see that? He didn't build the altar on the Mount of Blessing. He built it on the Mount of Cursing. Listen to me. The wicked king of Ai being hung on this tree right before they had this big blessing and cursing ceremony which I've told you about at these two mountains. 
The wicked king of Ai being hung on the tree or crucified is a type of Jesus as he became a curse on the cross. The altar that was built at Mount Ebal is a type of the cross itself. And this Old Testament type of this king dying on the on the, on, on the tree, which is a type of Jesus, a picture of Jesus when he became a curse, and this, this altar on Mount Ebal, which is a type of the cross, this was God giving us pictures showing us how he would, through Jesus Christ, set us free from the curse of the law and get the blessing of Abraham on us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Thank you, Lord. And he gave us a picture in the Old Testament. So once that all happens, now, priests read the blessings, Mount Gerizim, amen. Priests read the cursings, Mount Ebal, say amen, okay? Now, you had this king, was a type of Jesus. You have this, this altar, a type of the cross. And it's all God showing us how he's going to keep the curse off of us and get the blessing on us. And Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. It's written, Curses everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So God gives us this great picture. He gives us these two mountains. He has these priests crying out the blessings and the cursings, the amens from both mountains, and this altar built, and it's all What is God doing here? He's showing us that through Jesus Christ, he's going to hold the curses off of us. He's going to hold the curses off of us. He's going to hold the curses off of us or he's going to get the curse off of us because how many of you know when we're born into this earth, we're born with a curse in us, are we not? We're born with a sin nature, but he's showing us in picture form how he's going to get the curse off of us, out of us through Jesus going onto that cross, onto that tree like that wicked king of Ai and Jesus is going to bear our sins for us and he's on that cross he's going to become a curse for us and he's going to get the curse out of us and off of us through what he did on Calvary's cross can anybody say amen to that but it doesn't stop there the curse and the blessing run parallel he's going to get the curse out of us he's going to get the curse off of us he's going to get us off of Mount uh, Ebal he's going to bring us over here to Mount Gerizim glory to God he's going to get us off that barren rock if you will and get us over here into the lush mountain glory to God he's going to get the curse out of us he's going to get the curse off of us and get us over here into the blessing and that the blessing of God the blessing of Abraham might come on us praise God forevermore See, God put that blessing on Abraham because Abraham believed God. Abraham was a heathen, but he believed God, praise God. And the blessing of God came on Abraham. And then it went over on to his son Isaac, bless God. And then it went over on to Jacob. And it came down through the generations, glory to God, all the way down to King David, praise God. And then it went over on to Solomon. Then it went over on to Nathan. And it came all the way down to this man who was a carpenter named Joseph, glory to God. And he had a wife named Mary. She was a virgin. But the blessing of God, the blessing of Abraham sitting on the both of them. Glory to God. And it came on this little baby that was born. His name, Jesus, with the blessing of God. The blessing of Abraham sitting on him. Glory to 
with God forevermore. And so the blessing of Abraham came down through all the generations, all the way down, 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 the blessing of Abraham. But then it came on Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And he went on the cross and he became sin so that you and I can be the righteousness of God in Christ. And now, glory to God, that blessing of Abraham that came all the way down from Abraham all the way down through Mary, Joseph, on to Jesus. Now it disperses out. When we say, Jesus, come into my heart, the blessing of Abraham comes on everybody who'll have faith in Jesus. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And we've got the blessing of Abraham sitting on us through faith in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Let's all from the Mount of Gerizim say amen. Amen. From Mount Gerizim, one more time, let's all say Amen. amen. Glory to God. Whoo, boy, I preached myself plumb happy. And we'll close with Ephesians 1 3. This is another, I'm done, but I'm going to just hold on another two minutes. My gosh, I went six minutes over, but was it worth it? Blessed be the God, Ephesians 1 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath. Hath, not going to, but hath, has. A lot of people going around, oh, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. He's already blessed you. Who has blessed us, if we're born again, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You talk about money. Let's don't talk about money. Let's talk about the real, the real wealth is in the spirit realm, glory to God. And you get that spiritual blessing on you. You get that blessing of Abraham on you. It'll produce and cause you to be fruitful and multiply in every area of your life, including finances, glory to God. (laughs) You get to a place where you lend and not borrow. Glory to God. Who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but it's all in Christ, in Jesus. So everybody stand, and here's how we're going to close these sessions. I've been wanting to do this for 25 years, and now finally God's got me around to it. Here's how we're going to dismiss each of these sessions on the blessing of the Lord. So just stand there. It's called the priestly blessing. Priestly blessing. It's found in number 6. Verses 22 to 26. I'm going to read this in the New King James. Actually, Jesus, remember before he ascended, before he ascended up on high to be seated at the right hand of the Father after he was raised from the dead. Remember that? And he said to his disciples, they were out there on the mount, and he raised his hands and he blessed them. I believe this is what he said. I don't think there's any question about it. This is a priestly blessing. The Lord spoke to Moses and he, he, said, he said this. He said, have Aaron and his sons who were the priests uh, say this. And this, he said this in verse 23. This is the way you shall bless. This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them. So I'm going to leave you as your pastor. I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to bless you. Just from right here. I'm going to bless you. Notice he said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So that's what I'm going to do right now. And this is how we're going to dismiss each of these sessions on blessing for the next several weeks. Is that okay?
And you receive it, all right? You receive it by faith, okay? Right. Now, I'm not just doing that. I'm doing this at the direction of the Lord. He, here's what he told me to do for these sessions on blessings. So, okay? So, here we go. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. You're dismissed. I just ask that you dismiss from the back first and then to the front. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. God bless you.